They say the world could be hard, cruel, and ugly. Trust me, it gets worse if you're hungry and thirst. Doesn't push you from position, last place to first. Can't build a foundation without having feet in the dirt. So I put in the work, grind harder than most. I don't chase accolades of the living, I'm facing a ghost. That's what makes me the GOAT. Depending on who you ask, my brother, whatever task. Got it covered like a mask, guaranteed they can't see me at the open run. Cause I cook competitors until they look well done. Don't act like you don't know where I held from. I had to climb about the trenches, sit on benches till my time had come. Don't be mad at the player, be mad at the game. Sneak this in the hating, that's a flag on the play. Me falling off, huh? That'll be the day I'm like, bolt in the race, leave the track, flambe, it's the open run. I had a conversation with my students from my class, UNITY, by Hip Hop Culture's The World's Culture, and it was based on their first papers. The first paper's like a gimme, right? They don't know that until I tell them, that they're going to get top marks just to turn it in. It's really a thing of trust. I want to see how you carry this first thing, this first assignment. It'll tell me a whole lot about who you are and what you're about in this class. Some students turned it in. Some students came with excuses. They didn't have enough time. Some, again... Is normal. And some who understand that time and technology stop for no man or woman or person like to utilize chat GPT to write their papers and then do the reverse spread around. Now, for those who don't know what that means, when you were a kid, think about the worst thing your parents fed you for dinner. The thing you hated to eat, but you know you had to eat it. Let's say for the sake of conversation, there were Brussels sprouts or liver, whatever. And you eat just enough to make your parents believe you ate it, but like spread around the plate to make it look like, you know, you really done a job on it. Like, look, Ma, well, using chat GBT to write your papers in my class is the reverse spread around. As a matter of fact, what you end up doing is getting this general, very generic understanding of the topic, the subject matter, then adding your own little words to it. Like you, it's your recipe. You made it. No, you didn't. And I can tell the difference. And I do my best to discourage them from this because I tell you that no one can tell your story like you can. Some people don't listen because, well, I don't know anything about hip-hop culture, so I can't say anything about it. Because the first assignment is, what is hip-hop culture to you? It's a deeply personal thing. And when I see stuff like, it is rooted in the African-American slave culture, because one, there were no African-American slaves. People who were enslaved in America weren't even seen as human beings, much less Americans. So again, that's when I knew it's chat GPT. This is an example. And then you add your own little words in there like my or when we did. Come on. I asked them all before I even revealed to them that I knew what was happening to some of them. Didn't reveal any names. That would be snitching. We don't do that. Do we? You guys couldn't see my air wink, but. I asked them how many of them were artists and if they had their voice recorded and someone decided to take their voice and record a big AI hit that you had no part in other than your voice and they kept all the ownership, even though it was your voice, would you like it? They all responded vehemently, no. I said, well, that's what you're doing when you give me your papers written in chat GPT. Did I set them up? 100%. But that's so they understood that it is a slippery slope to go down the chat GPT aisle when you're writing a paper for the man who created and taught the world's first university accredited course. No one can tell your story like you can. And we're going to continue to tell that story on the podcast where basketball and life are one. It is now time for the open run with Will Strickland. That would be me. 
The Open Run with Will Strickland is brought to you by the fine folks at One Neighborhood. One Neighborhood coming to a neighborhood near you very, very soon. I can be found across these rough interweb streets at W underscore Strickland and the number one on Twitter, Will Strickland and the number one on IG, and across all streaming platforms where podcasts can be found, but right now exclusively at Anchor.fm, a Spotify podcast network. Artificial Intelligence. How's it come to play when we're talking about Draymond Jamal Green Sr.'s excuse for why he punched Yusuf Nurkic, who sounded like he had his soul brother talk on? It was hilarious. But he's Serbian, I guess. You know, he got a little soul in him like that. Who knows? I don't know. When he was describing what Draymond did to him. And Draymond said, hey, I, you know, I'll take responsibility for the things I know I do on purpose. But this was just an accident. Come on, man. Who are you talking to? Nobody in their right or wrong mind believed that shit you said. No one, except you. And you didn't believe it. We don't believe you. We need more people. If Steve Kerr didn't stand on it, and he didn't come out and defend you or anything, if Wardell Stephen Curry didn't defend you, and there have been people throughout the media, screaming A. Smith and others, Charles Wade Barkley, who have said, hey, you're a locker room, you're a house. Why are you not cleaning it up, Steve Kerr? Why are you not cleaning it up from a leadership standpoint, Wardell Stephen Curry II? Because... We know if this were in someone else's house and there was nothing that was done to address this thing, that person, we all know who that is, don't we? At least we should by now, but I'll go ahead and tell you. The hashtag, he who shan't be named, the media coverage and the desire to press the head coach, the top player on that squad would be tremendous. Not really happening with a team that many are calling a dynasty of the past decade. Fair enough. Or is it? So when they decided to suspend Draymond Jamal Green and Shams is online saying it could be at least three weeks, the NBA, Joe Dumars and Adam Silver decided indefinitely was a way to suspend him. And I like that. I don't like that they've defined the length of the suspension so far. I think it's too soon. If you want someone to think about their actions, you can't give them the defined date when they're going to come home. It's almost like me doing this experiment when I was in university for my sociology course where the entire class had to be homeless, or is the new politically correct term to say unhoused. Whatever it is, we were without homes for an entire week and had to figure out protocols and everything else on the street. What corner to stand on, who was selling, it was crazy. Who was trying to collect money in that corner? I learned all of this in a week. I was sleeping in the bathroom of McDonald's, downtown, just anything to stay off the streets. I would get a cup of hot chocolate and a newspaper and sit in the booth for hours, go in the bathroom a little bit, come out for hours till they threw me out. And they had people trailing us to make sure we didn't cheat. There are some people who failed before we even started, who quit, opted out immediately. And at the end of it, everybody thought it was a great success. Except me. They brought the news in to talk to us all about what we thought about this experiment. And I said, well, I guess it's okay for class, but the reality is we knew we were going home. People who are homeless or unhomed or unhoused, they don't. It's indefinite. It made everybody think, made my professor mad. I didn't care. Indefinite. And within this, the line that a lot of people are towing is that Draymond Jamal Green has mental health issues which he needs to address immediately. Now, 
I'm sure I'm going to speak on this later on in the podcast with my very special guest, but is a very dangerous place to go when you don't know someone to say they have mental health issues or to call them crazy without basis for saying so. This is a calculation of the things that Draymond does in the court, 100%. A guy who can help you win four championships and understands his role even as a former National Player of the Year, being drafted in the second round, who felt maybe the sting of disrespect that he was the National Player of the Year, figured out his role, mastered his role, became one of the best defensive players of his era, and also cemented himself as a Hall of Fame player. He knows what he's doing when he does it. There's no, oh, I'm unhinged. No. He's aware. The danger is in calling someone crazy or, or saying that someone has mental health issues before you really know. And again, I'm sure I'm going to have a more detailed conversation about this with my very special guest who comes on later on the podcast. Who will be coming back very, very soon, who wasn't given a who wasn't given an indefinite suspension, was Demetrius Jamel Morant coming back officially after 25 games. On December 19th, of course, Adam Silver said, hey, that's the date, but we'll talk about that before he comes back. So even though lots of people have put that date against Oklahoma City in Oklahoma City as the date that we'll see John make his debut this season, I say no. I actually think for the morale of his team, for his spirits and everything he needs to do to rehabilitate his image around the National Basketball Association. That game will come two days later on December 21st in Memphis in front of his home fans. We'll find out if I'm incorrect later on this week, but that's where it should happen, I think. As a matter of fact, Job was just in court not so long ago, not just the court of public opinion, but in court for real for the fracas, the kerfuffle that happened at his own home between Jai and the then teenage 17-year-old kid playing basketball who allegedly threatened Ja, and Ja hit him, and Ja's friend hit the kid. He's in court. The prosecutor, I guess in an attempt to be either funny or disrespect and demean Ja Moran, asked if the jewelry, I guess she was talking about his attire in court, was real. Are those real diamonds, she said? Ja stopped and made a little face first, then went to see how he was going to react to it. And he shows some emotional regulation in doing so by saying, well, I am a millionaire. Ridiculous. And the theater of all of this is not escaping Adam Silver. So I do believe you're going to have the full-throated response from Charles Barkley and the whole panel on Inside the NBA on TNT. And it's going to be on a Thursday night. What Draymond and what John Morant and other players who end up facing these same kinds of things in the league should understand is that today, right now, is a limited time offer. It's 24 hours and once it's gone, you can't get it back. And when you're suspended indefinitely, Maybe that is a limited offer. Maybe it's not. And that's the danger in not being in control of yourself in these situations where you don't control the environment. So move accordingly. As I move accordingly and move on to the NCAA and talk about the power five on the women's side, there's nothing that's changed in my top five this week at all. And going through their cupcake schedules, except for one team, it's probably going to be the same the next week or so, two weeks. I can't see anything changing that, save a massive upset during the holiday season. At number one, we had the University of South Carolina Gamecocks, who had a nipping tuck affair against Presbyterian, winning by a scant 70 points, 99-29. I did not stutter. At number two, the UCLA Bruins are going to face the biggest and stiffest test against number 12, Ohio State, this week. Cody McMahon, best player on that team, second in scoring and rebounding, 
but she's definitely the focus. A super sophomore. There's a bunch of great sophomores that will be facing off in that game. I mean, Lauren Betts, who came over from Stanford, is the leading scorer, rebounder, and shot blocker for the Bruins, along with Kiki Rice, leading them in assists and steals. You're getting contributions from the sister of Jaime Jaquez Jr., a, a really solid rookie playing his role. He's a Miami Heat guy through and through. You can tell right away. It's a great pick by Pat Riley in that front office. But Gabriela Jaquez and London Jones, other sophomores there in Pacific Palisades who are averaging double figures in the scoring along with Betts and Rice, they're all starting along with fifth-year senior Charisma Osborne. That's going to be a great matchup against Ohio State, a team that plays a lot of defense. They've been holding opponents to 59.5 points a night and forcing almost 23 turnovers a night against a team averaging 93 points every time they go out there. So I'm looking forward to this game, but at number two, UCLA. At number three, even with the injuries to Sanaya Rivers, she's been out the past couple of games, is coming back this week. They don't play anyone of significance, really, and with her injury, Asia James has found her stroke, doing her thing and keeping the Wolfpack of Westmore at number three in our Power Five this week. At number four, the LUS Tigers, who, they had a game where they scored, it was 144 to 32. Kim Mulkey got kicked out of the game against, what is it, McNeese State or McNichol State or one of the, some school they, they shouldn't have played, but they got the money. You know, she got kicked out of the game because of a call against Anissa Morrow. It was an offensive foul, 100% was. But I think that's just one of those things that make it seem like they're really competing in these games and really want to, you know, show their grit no matter who they're playing against. I get it. At number four, the LUS Tigers, Louisiana University, Southern LSU. From Baton Rouge. And number five, Rory Harmons, University of Texas Longhorns. Yeah, they're legit. Rory Harmons, probably the best all around player in the game, not named Caitlin Clark or the Juju Watkins at number six with the USC Trojans. Looking for that matchup in the Pac 12 because UCLA is going to have to face them sooner or later. I'm going to see how she does in that game. But as you move on, they're talking about USC. Young being he who shan't be named. Bronny James, the son of the all-time leading scorer, set a record even his dad can't break by scoring one point in college. As we move on to the men's side of the Power Five here on the open run, Will Strickland at number one. The upset, it's not an upset. Purdue defeating the Arizona Wildcats, who were at number one last week, are no longer there. And everything wasn't about Zach Eady. It's not just them. They're guards. Braden Smith and Fletcher Lawyer carried the team for most of the game. They gave you 53 points and hit nine three-pointers. Even though Zach Eady put his numbers up, they need those guys to be productive, not only in the rest of the conference schedule in the Big Ten, but also going into March Madness. And they will be there 100%. At number one, the new number one, the Purdue Boilermakers of Matt Painter. At number two, the University of Kansas, who came back in a tough game against Indiana to win it. Stay at number two, Kevin McCullers, showing he's one of the best two-way players in the country. Could be in player of the year considerations, no doubt, for the Jayhawks of Lawrence, Kansas. At number three, Dan Hurley's UConn Huskies. Donovan Klingon, man in the middle, but they have more than just Klingon in the middle. Trust me, number three, UConn. They don't face anyone big over the next week. St. John's, just to stomp on Ricky Three Stacks, but I want to see that part. At number four, the Arizona Wildcats, who dropped from number one to number four. Caleb Love giving you 29 that loss. 
And we saw some holes in what Arizona does, especially with their bigs and defense on the perimeter. But will that play into what they do in the Pac-12 schedule and also go into March Madness? Absolutely. Can they address it? Who knows? But at number four, Arizona and number five, Kelvin Sampson lost a key member of their squad, Terrence Arsenault. Louis Achilles out for the season, but the defense they play keeps him at number five this week. But my mama didn't raise no dummy. Trust in that. It is the art of official intelligence because we know the fans, you, the listener, are always going to be ranked number one on the podcast where basketball and life are one. So come back for more of the open run with Will Strickland on the other side of this. Back, give me more what you asked for. It's the open run with Will Strickland in conversation with a great Alan Shane Lewis. The Alan Shane Lewis? <laughs> Word to Slim Charles from The Wire. The Alan Shane Lewis. What's up, my guy? Uh, nothing much. Thank you so much for having me, man, especially around now. It's a good time, good basketball, and it's always a great time to chatting with you about it all. Well, we have done this in the past in different formats, no doubt. And for those who don't know, I want them, as I do with each and every one of my guests, to listen to you as you run your resume, sir. So if you would, please, run your resume. Been in the comedy game for over a decade. Second City, host of the Great Canadian Baking Show. I now write for a uh, comedy show called This Hour is 22 Minutes. Uh, Roast Battles Canada, Snaps, all that fun stuff. That's what I'm doing. Uh, Comedy and basketball, that is my life. That's my lifeblood. And uh, also love some sports, too. That's what that's, that's all about right now. And this season has been quite interesting. I feel like it's been a very novella-ish kind of year. I'm enjoying it. I'm enjoying mm-hmm. the drama. The script writers are working. No more strike for us. We out here. We writing it. I'm loving it. It's a great season. <laughs> Give me some of your best snaps ever. Give me three of them. Best snaps ever? Some of them, I, I I don't even like repeating. Like, I have some on uh, on that Crave one on season Listen, one. This is this is this is... <laughs> Public domain, champ. You can do what you do. Oh, I'm I'm a I'm a I'm upset the Kobe fans if I give my, my the one. No, please do what you do. <laughs> Bust it dead to the late great Kobe, for sure. <sighs> now, I can't, I can't. This is all said and fun. Let's, There's let's a reason ride. I haven't posted that joke on social media because it oh. it felt right in the moment because like I came for the throat. I I I when I, that first season I came out. I'm like I want to win every episode. And you know, I, I say in. I came for the throat sometimes at parties, but that's holding up the conversation. Yeah. Okay. Um, <laughs> I'm about to. Okay. So okay. So one of them, I'll do. I'll do a nice one. It was uh, against my my, my brother, uh, um, uh, uh, Sterling Scott, out in, in Edmonton. It's me and him going back and forth, and uh, I said, uh, Sterling Scott looks like if you asked a racist to draw a black guy from memory. <laughs> That's light. That's light. That's light. I want that Kobe heat. Oh, the Kobe. Wait, hey, the Kobe you gotta one. get the Kobe heat now. Okay. You shouldn't. You can't set it up like that. Okay. And leave it out there. Okay, fine. The Kobe one. It was my last one. You know, Russell Peters was one of the judges. I'm, you know, I'm, you know, I know what they like the dark stuff. So I had a dark one, and I was like, honestly, I say all these jokes, but I really want to prop up Sterling because, like, he he taught me. He's like a legend in the game. He's a legend in the game. They actually call him the Kobe Bryant of stand-up comedy. Yes, this is true, you know, because all his jokes crash and burn. <laughs> That's what I'm saying. I warned you. I warned you. Please. You can edit around it if you want. I can't edit it because I asked for it. 
I believe it in. There's a level of distaste, 100%. And I understand that that is what comedy does. And we said this, and I said this in my class, and I said this to a couple of friends. There's a quote by Cesar Cruz that says, art is there to comfort the disturbed and disturb the comfortable. You are disturbed, sir. <laughs> using your art to comfort yourself. I get it. I get it. I got to go for the throat, man. Hey, well, what do you think is going to happen when the Chicago Bulls induct St. Michael Jeffrey of Wilmington into the Ring of Honor on the 12th of January? You know who's going to show up there. Scotty Maurice Pippen will also be inducted into that Ring of Honor, along with Philip Douglas Jackson. One Charles Wade Barkley said he would be there for the awkward trifecta. To pay attention to what's going on, what do you think is going to happen? Write well, a script for me. Let me know what's going to happen when uh, Scotty and St. Michael Jeffrey of Wilmington show up in the same space. Uh, now, are, are, are children going to be at that event? 100%. But that's a, it doesn't matter. Oh, okay. So children, happen. children are going to be at the event. Now, let me just ask a random question. Do you think the children are going to bring their fiancés, girlfriends, anything of that sort to this event? At least one of them will. At least one of them will. Okay. And maybe so we, future does it. And maybe future does the music. Oh, okay. So this is going to be about the you know about the future story. Yeah. Right? So it's going to be a three way. No, no, you know, I mean, I mean, before even the thing that lost it, you know, before that, when he was a little boy, Scotty Maurice Pippen denied him an autograph. Really? Allegedly. So and, as, is that, guess, is that as, why we have as, that Gucci flip flop song? Is that for, for firing back at him? I guess he's like, <laughs> look. I, I don't do salacious too often, but I got a comedian on, so I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go there right now. I, I think, um, I think every time somebody asks me for an autograph, I'm just always gonna sign it now. <laughs> I think I'm just like, you know what? I don't want to create a problem in the future. Somebody just... sitting in the base of Mr. T getting ready for Rocky Balboa. <laughs> My moment can come. I remember that joke he told on the podcast too. I'm a call for Hitler. <laughs> All right. I don't want but, to. But I don't I, 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 I can't wait for that night though. It's that's gonna be quite interesting. That's why like anytime somebody like Scotty says something just foul, haterific, I'm just like I know why. Like I understand where that's coming from. There is a human element to all of this. If you boil why it is Scotty a hater? Why is Scotty a hater? Is that what you're saying? You're saying yeah, he's just he's he's hating, and it's hilarious. I think why is he hating? Why is he hating? I think I truly think he thinks that Michael Jordan set this up. And to be honest, a small part of my body does not not believe that. <laughs> like you know what I'm saying? I'm not saying like the man's petty. We all know this. Michael Jordan comes for his. One hundred percent. He comes for his, and only reason why I don't believe that Michael Jordan like 100% did this because that would involve a little bit of parenting. And I don't think Michael Jordan has that in him. I think he's more just like, I came out here. I'm number one. I have to talk to my kid about doing a plan. No, no, no. There's no me and somebody else. It's just me right now. That's I the only you, reason why. When you see the memes that of uh, Jordan's face, there's a black and white picture where it says, fuck them kids. Yeah. Maybe them kids are like, yeah, okay. I got you. And lost his <laughs> Lost Pippen saw that too. Yeah. I'm just saying. <laughs> She's like, that's actually a good idea. 100%. But yeah, that's going to be a funny night. And the lead up to it, as much as people try to say Scotty Pippen is, is salty or whatever, he has a reason to be because he was ignored yeah. for his contribution. Like his contribution was necessary for Michael Jordan to even be successful in the playoffs, much oh. less the damn finals. Let's keep it a buck. And right. Like 
And I don't want to go on a deep dive on that because I like the comedy angle of this and where we're going with the bull, the bull's ring of honor. But the facts remain that before Pippen and after Pippen, we see the results. Difference. And, you know, Jordan could be gone for a bit and that team can still win about 50 games. So listen, I tell people all the time, like, okay, so he was the most valuable player in 1993, right? They won 57 games in the season. The same team comes back next year without Jordan to win 55 games. So who was most valuable? I'm not making this up. These are probably no, these, these, yeah, these, these, these are facts. Yeah, I, I am I'm not, you know, I'm not the one to say you shouldn't ask these questions. And these are important questions to have because once again, we push those boundaries, we kind of move the center a little bit, and we have a more honest conversation. So it, nobody it, wants that today. They want to you know that. <laughs> well, which one will get me the more clicks? Because I'll take that one, Will. Right. Because yeah. we don't want to hear that bullshit, Sharif. <laughs> they already look, they already know. They don't want it. <laughs> No, I I think, you know, uh, certain religions and deities kind of uh, ground a few people and anything that kind of uh, takes away from it, takes away from their peace. So if that's what you want to do in life and not want to have an honest conversation, by all means, do it. But, uh, you know, and no one's I'm looking forward to that. I know a lot of people in San Antonio were looking forward to finally breaking the longest winning strike, as I call it, in Spurs history. And they did so, breaking it at 18 versus the Lakers last week. And when you think about the two highest paid coaches in the NBA, they just so happen to man the teams that have the longest winning strikes in the league right now. Well, I guess the Spurs are off of that. But Pop makes $16 million a year. I'm not a pocket patter at all. You do what you do. He's earned that $16 million. Did Monty Williams? Absolutely not. <laughs> no. But you have to overpay to get somebody to come work in Detroit because these guys basically have lost for two straight months. Yeah. That I mean, I don't know. combined record is probably like six and 45. I don't know if you've seen those posts where it's like, when the Pistons win, you get these wing stop wings. And that wing stop logo is getting further and further and further <laughs> and further away from the score because they're like, actually, I'm not, I don't want to be associated with these losers over here. They're about to break the record. The record is 26 straight games. By the post, if I'm not mistaken, the post, as he is referred to on the podcast, he who shan't be named, Cleveland Cavaliers. It's the hashtag, he who shan't be named. <laughs> so when you look at the Cavaliers at 26 straight losses, Pistons are 22, 23. It's going down easy because you look at what they have coming up. They're going to end up losing for the entire month of November, as they did, and probably more than likely the entire month of December, which is sad. No, I don't think so. There's one team on there that's uh, that scared me the first time we had this, and that is the and my Toronto Raptors. Oh, yeah, they play them on, on the hashtag's birthday, as a matter of fact, December 30th, if I'm not mistaken. So, that could be where it ends because, like, anything can happen to Raptorland. For some especially, reason, especially if they trade Pascal Siakam. Yeah, which it's looking like it's going to happen. Uh, I don't know. I I'm I'm ready for it. You know, once again, I, I was I've, I've been ch- uh, championing this uh, this fall of the Raptors. The ticket prices were way too high. MLS Sports was 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 going off. They were overcharging for these tickets, and I'm there in the you know. Now I'm in the lower bowl. I'm trying to like enjoy my rappers. These people don't want to chant with me. They don't want to chant defense. They want to show up in the third quarter and not want to give their heart. All right, let's 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 lower you these. You know why? Players. They're they're still holding on to 2019 and believe somehow, some way, they're gonna get something back in fair trade that will no 
the equivalent we got a project by anthony leonard it's not yeah. going to happen yeah it's a project and i'm i'm ready for the project years because i'm the sicko who's going to try to get courtside seats to a preseason Raptors bob or uh yeah uh hornets game i'm going to try to get bobcats go ahead and gonna... say it same with the chest dude same with the chest the bobcats <laughs> Those are the tickets I used to get. I'd be like, well, so this is how we bobby. get the cheap, the cheap, you know. <laughs> right. Man, oh man. Yeah, I'm trying to tell you. On the court, I'm like, let's go. <laughs> Pop Mental Bond Two versus Sean May. This is wow. my Sean May, you reach. <laughs> <laughs> Pops, what's up, baby? <laughs> you good? It's me again, man. Tuesday that night specialist. <laughs> well, if you want to go from starting from the bottom and now we're here, the end season tournament. Yeah. Now that final was the most watched non-Christmas game in six years. And they, they garnered 4.58 million people watching on both ABC and ESPN two. And people are laughing about the champions unfurling a banner for this championship. That's going to happen December 18th um, during their game uh, in, uh, in Los Angeles. What do you think about, unfurling the first ever in-season tournament banner. When the late great Kobe Bryant once said, we don't hang divisionals. We don't hang conference championships. We hang championship banners. This is a championship banner. uh, I am third mindset of it all. I say that because the luxurious words of somebody who has been drafted into a very great position mean a little less when you weren't the person building the house. When you got adopted Mm -hmm. to the house, you got brought into the house. That's you're speaking of a place of privilege. So I'm I'm gonna pump the brakes a little bit on that, but I understand why you're saying that. I understand what it comes with when it when we were talking about what this house that you belong to is. I get that. And I also understand why the NBA wants them to put it out there because it's a way to be like, this is a real thing. Like let's let's treat it like that. Let's not like just throw it away and lock it in the closet so the clippers can see it every time they try to get their bags out of the, the arena. Well, they see all the other ones anyway, so. Yeah, they, they got their division. They got Pacific Division 7. Like, they got all that stuff. This, this is from I'm Gonna Get You Sucker, where he's, man, how you get all those medals on your chest? He goes, well, this one's for typing. This one's for dark chanting. This one's for surfing. That's the Clippers banners that are up in there. So, right? I, I get that. I get that. But I think they shouldn't have done it in the middle of the season. I think you can have I'll the let, I like that they did it in the middle of the season because it doesn't make sense to do it at the end of the season. It doesn't, but it, it makes more sense to do it before, like just maybe at the end of the season before, like you do like the, the finals. Like I'm talking right as season it's, ends. It's a disconnect. I think it makes more sense to do it in the midst, in the wake of winning the championship because it's like, okay, here's the first half of the season. We did this thing. We need to legitimize it. If we wait yeah. to the end of the season, it's empty calorie. Right, true. and people are going to pan it anyway because of who won it. Yeah, that, imagine that. You already know that. I, already know I, that. I, I saw it. I was like, oh, it's going to de- it's going to destroy its legitimacy immediately if it goes one way, and it's going to speak to something longer down the road if if uh, a Tyrese Halliburton came out as a hero. Forget about Tyrese Halliburton for a second because we're going to talk about him for sure in conversation with the great Alan Shane Lewis here on the Open Run. Will Strickland. Let's talk about the event that if. Say Giannis Cena, Ugo, LaTerrence, I gave him that middle name. Tacupo. <laughs> I seen LaTerrence come out recently. One. Or or maybe Luca Lamar, that's with two R's. Doncic won it. Or even Kawhi Anthony Leonard. They say, look, he won a championship in LA too. Just like he no wait, huh? What? Oh, it means something now because a certain guy didn't win it. Oh, we get it. We get it. They people are even 
saying or were saying that late great Kobe Bean Bryant and even St. Michael Jeffrey of Wilmington would have never cared about the end season tournament. I'm like, so these maniacs who try to win in everything, you're saying they wouldn't want to win an end season tournament. You're like Jay-Z again. Y'all listen to the music, just skim through it. Like, yeah. really? Come on, dog. It's like you speak to how much these people are of a how much of a killer they are and how much they always want to kill the person in front of them. Whether it's practice, game, wherever it is, they want to win. They want to be top dog. That's just who they are. Of course, these guys will come in there and take it just as seriously. Of course. Right. But they're mad that the hashtag took it seriously and then yeah. went out and won it because it doesn't mean as much when he won. Get off your emotions, dog. It, it's ridiculous. But, I mean, when you try to protect a legacy, you can't protect because neither one of them are ever going to come back to play again, whether you're talking about Kobe or the late great or or, or um, Michael Jeffrey Jordan. Yeah. Not going to happen. Yeah. And, like – it's been 20 years of a lot of this with LeBron. And I I, I get sorry, who, who, sir? Who, sir? Uh, uh, who, sir? Uh, Mr. Ra- Raymond. Uh, uh, the hashtag, he who shan't be named. <laughs> hashtag, who shan't be named. My, my apologies. My apologies. <laughs> uh, it's been 20 years of it. It's been 20 years of it. And I've seen the goalposts, you know, the, the land the goalposts used to be over there. The grass has now grown over it. And now <laughs> children play in that park because now the goalposts are down here. We're, we're, you know, it, it's, it's completely changed. And I get it. I get why it happens. I get why he kind of brings it upon himself. There is an energy to him, you know, sometimes, you know, I got I to gotta call a, a spade a spade sometimes where I'm just like, come on, man, don't, don't do that. <laughs> like, well, here's we, the we, best we, part, that you even said it was 20 years of that speaks yeah. to a fear before he ever became who he was, yeah. which tells and, you how good he really is. And not to kind of throw things back into a lot of it, but there's a lot of stuff that I, I, I remember seeing back in the day that I'm sort of seeing now uh, in in this new young the young kid the young giraffe uh, we got Victor, Wim, Victor Wembanyama Victor, Victor Wembanyama uh, that there's this strange hype around this 18 year old that's being put onto the team you know the, the chosen one the one that's going to shift and change everything and guess who doesn't like that people making a certain amount of money on your team who have control and dictate over your future and a lot of them are kind of overlooking you know the same way that Carlos Boozer. And uh, who is it? All Darius Miles. We, we got players in this. He can join the, the bandwagon. Right. Uh, I'm seeing out here, you know, KJ just going. I'm like, why are you shooting that three right now? Devin Vassell, why are we doing this right here? Why is right, no right. one feeding the man who's just got his hands over the basket, just asking for the ball? And guess right. what happens when you kind of deny somebody, deny basketball, deny the, the, the organic nature of the game? You lose. You don't play organically. And they're going to get rid of you for sure. Um, we saw the same thing in Cleveland, and mm-hmm. you're going to see it definitely. All this year was for Victor Wembanyama was to see who could actually buy into the notion that he's mm-hmm. going to be the guy no matter what you feel or say. Yeah. And that you should be lucky to be on the squad, Kelvin yes. Johnson. You get Vassell. paid. You get paid you're more. You're going to eat. Win. You're going to get TV. But if your ego's in the way, you believe, I can become Jimmy Butler. <laughs> I'm just saying, there's a certain level of dog you just don't have. Yeah. I don't care about the Olympic gold medal. You won a medal with people that would never have you on, on the medal team. So I'm talking about the Kelvin Johnson won one. Yeah. Right? I mean, good player. Don't get me wrong. Yeah. Don't really. Nobody's going home going, man, let's game plan for Kelvin Johnson tonight. That's just not going to happen. No. So, no. But I don't, wanna, I don't, wanna, I don't want to knock him. He's a yeah. professional athlete. I, I, I get it. You, you but, feel like you see your money being, like, taken away from you. But, like, to be honest, if you use that national spotlight and play a lot better – you become like, listen how good I was in service of this person. 
actually give me Vassell, all the money. When Devin Vassell got a five-year, $146 million contract, people were like, who? <laughs> they did that because you need those pieces around him. And eventually people fall in line. And we'll talk about that a little bit later when we're talking about the sixth man of the year, a guy who, depending upon who you choose, I know who I chose. But, you know, let's talk about teams. You know, the all-in-season tournament team was announced. Tyrese Halliburton, yeah. the hashtag huge champ be named. Giannis, <laughs> Anthony Marshawn Davis Jr., and Kevin Wayne Durant all on that team. And salute to all of them because I can't think of anyone else not named Zion Latifah Williamson. Let me stop because he really shit the bed when they played Ooh. against. Should have known. He should have known. And you know, when you think about this IST all tournament team, Tyrese Halliburton and those guys were talking that young boy shit when they beat the Bucks and messed up the conspiracy theory that said Milwaukee was going to end up playing the Lakers in the final. Yeah. I guess they went off script. That's your yeah. fault. <laughs> I don't know. I thought that little twist, I didn't think anyone was going to see it coming. So that's, that's why I put it in there. Well, you see what happened last minute that fight and everything. <laughs> yeah. If you want to call that a fight, there's no there's no fighting in the NBA. Let's keep it yeah, going. It's, right? it's, it's the Jalen Rose, the uh, ho, 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 hold me hold back. The Nassis, the Nassis <laughs> and Sentacupo with the classic hold me back. Like Yo. Jay Crowder was basically holding him around the waist like he was at the prom in eighth grade where you can only put your hands on the waist or the shoulders for a girl and you can't stand that close. <laughs> That's how he told him, and he held him back. Come on, dog. You ever see John yeah. Wick where it's like the, the the fifth extra who's about to get his like is is shit is shit rock? It's right. just in the back, and he's like waiting for his cue to get in there. That that was the nastiest the whole time. Just like word to Bruce Lee, flick, uh, flicks, dude. <laughs> like he's fighting eighteen guys. I'm like, okay, when do I get my turn to get my ass kicked? <laughs> yeah. He's looking now. Right, <laughs> let's get him. <laughs> But let's get at these NBA all it's way too early for all-star voting. But if we were to do it, because they're about to start the voting soon. And I want to get at it because I'm seeing a lot of things from this in-season tournament, the early part of the season, a lot of 50-point games from guys like a Jalen Brunson, shouts out to him. First time since Michael Jeffrey Jordan to go, I think he had 50 points, five rebounds, five assists, five steals. And he's the first one since then. I think it was like in 87 when Jordan did it. You see Tyrese Halliburton hit giving you 50s, like it's real out here, yeah. but in the East, I said this last week in the podcast with um, my guest, Ryden Karen Morrow from the Black Guy Who Tips, one of the great podcasts out here, that um, we might have a two Tyrese backcourt in the East. But I'm trying to influence your voting. So who would you have by position in the East, even though you have to, you don't have to do positions anymore from what I understand? Or don't. That's for uh, all NBA. You no. still have to do positions, guards and front court or backcourt and front court for the all-star game. So who would you pick in the East, sir? Uh, yeah, got to give it to uh, Tyrese. Mm -hmm. I think he's Which one? Uh, give me Halliburton. Give me give me my money in Halley. In Halley. Uh, okay. I think the 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 change in how he's just, like, gotten to that next level. I think there's, like, four different players where I'm just like, oh, they're, they're arrived. They're, they're no mm -hmm. more the young kids. They are that year Paul George was just like, oh, okay, Paul George is, like, He's part of this league. He is. These are a bunch of James Harden just going to Houston Rockets. It's there's this electricity in the air, and I'm really enjoying it. And they're not afraid of these like, you know, the old guards at all. They actually mm -hmm. they they welcome it, they're, except for you know Zion <laughs> didn't come prepared. But a lot of them usually they, they come for like you know these, these shy um, Steph games. I've been I mean I'm really enjoying that. So I, I definitely have to give it to Halliburton there. And you know what? I think we got to keep it tight, tight, because I think Maxi is once again he's on his his bull bullshit right now too. Like he's going off. 
you know, he's kind of shown that he really doesn't need James Harden right, around him right now. He he is that guy. He can carry a team. You know, Joel can take a night off. He can do mm. that. Like that's that's huge. That's monumental when you can be like, no, take a night off. Maxi will score thirty points and right. do it effort, effortlessly. And I love the way that he. Every time, because I, I, I can't, those those two games where they they came to Toronto to uh, to whoop us, uh, I saw both of them. But one thing I really enjoyed about him was how quick the pace was. Whether it was a rebound or an inbound, he pushed that ball. When you push that ball, guess what? Everything else has to get into a place first after that. And then once that happens, you know things break down defensively. And even if you don't score, maybe if you just push somebody in a certain way, you you start the offense in a, in a way that's just like it just keeps. It's like a, a pacemaker. It just keeps it going because the Raptors right. sometimes, you know. Things get a little slow and sluggish, but with him, it's just like, no, we keep it going. We're going to tire you, get in your positions, and we're going to test you. So those two, definitely, for sure. Then I got to give it to, uh, what was his name again? Uh, Giannis, Latrice. Giannis, Giannis, Cena, Ugo, Terrence. Yeah, they got to have him out there. Uh, he's, he's, when he wants to, when he, when he is engaged, it is so scary because he is like this Mack truck going downhill. But this Mack truck with an extendo arm that can go around, right? Like, Euro step around it. The way how smooth he is, he, he feels like early days Shaq, where he's just pushing the ball. But like, dare I say, you know, a little bit more, a little bit more feet work on certain moves. Like not not in the post, but definitely when we're just kind of moving. Like the way he can oh, yeah. kind of just like move Different across players, there. for sure. But like same ident- you know, idea as far as power, yeah, and like bull strength going to the basket for like sure. You're gonna need a couple centers just to take the fouls. Like, that's yeah. what you're going to need to do. And so I got to give it to him. Uh, who else is in the in the East? Uh, I'm trying to think right now. Um, I don't know. Jason Tatum leading the best team of the best record in the league. Yeah, it and home. I, I am a, I'm a journalist. Fifth, I would say, in my, uh, my <laughs> list of things. One thing I am is a petty fan, and that's a little higher. And it's it's really hard for me to give energy and love to the Celtics. I would love to see all the Celtics on a different team because I am loving Marcus Smart right now. But even mm. though he's been kind of injured, it's been great to be like, I love that grit. I love that intensity. I love how we, you know, taking the charges and all that. I, I love that type of energy. But, you know he's in Memphis now, right? Yeah, that's why. Right. <laughs> you think I say this when he's wearing green? Right. He was. I hated him. I was like, get this guy off the court. That's not even basketball. What was he doing? So Stop who would you put in there instead of Tatum in? I have to put Tatum in there. I have right. to. It, it hurts. It, it, I know. know. It hurts. I have, and, you know, even even boy Brown sometimes, even though he can't dribble with his left hand, he can still dribble with his right hand. And when he does, he does it pretty well. And he's been looking really great. That one-two combo, I was really, like, it was all like I really thought it was, it was scary just seeing all those people kind of group up there, but that Drew Holiday kind of really solidified because once that Marcus Smart was gone, I was like, oh, okay, you guys are gonna just walk away with that. But I'm gonna submit that thing with with Drew Holiday when we go to the other awards in a second. You'll see for yeah. sure. He, oof. um, but you got so you got Tyrese backcourt. Oh, Embiid. I'm Tatum. so sorry. I forgot Embiid. Giannis and, I mean, you know, the reigning defending MVP of the league, Joe Hans Embiid yeah. uh, up there in the middle. All right, well, I'll tell you mine because it's basically the same thing. The, the, the Tyrese backcourt, JT, Giannis, and Embiid, who's quietly having in a better season yeah. than he had in, in his MVP year. And I wouldn't say quietly because he's destroying people. Now, I know you got some cupcakes in the East. 
when you're talking about playing Washington a couple of times in your uh, division or whatever, and you also, well, is Washington? And then, no, they're not, but still in that conference. And then playing Detroit a couple of times, like, you can knock yeah. those guys around. And he's doing his job. I mean, this guy's barely playing fourth quarters. He's still leading the league in scoring. you got to give it up for Joel uh, Embiid in that sense. And in the West, who would you have right now as your all-stars going to Indianapolis in February? We got Luca and Ant. I want to give it to Ant. I, but it, it it feels like I'm I'm disrespecting Shy, you know the Canuck Canuck kid. Ah, I, this is like picking between between babies right now. Oh right. my God, Ant Shy or Luca? Stand on it. Who who you got? I gotta respect. I gotta respect winning. So Ant first, and then okay. Luca. Uh, okay. That's Shy, I'm so sorry you're coming off the bench. But uh, they're right behind them in the standings. They're yeah. the number two team in the West. Yeah, Shea Gilders Alexander's team. Luca, yeah, Luca. And Luca's team is not even in the top two. They're like the the third, no, the third, third or fourth in 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 the West. So So I mean, it's hard to say you can lose with any of those picks. So I wouldn't agonize too much over it. I think yours is pretty good as well. But if your backcourt is Luca and who, and Anthony, okay, Anthony Edwards. Yeah, and like Luca's been doing all this stuff that we just become so accustomed to it. It's it doesn't even like kind of you see a 40 10 10, you're like, oh yeah, he does that. But it's like he yeah, he does it all the time. And he's yeah, like take it for granted, something. right? Like, it's just like, yeah, yeah, that's one thing too. People like uh, give your flowers to these players while you still have them. Like Kevin Durant's out here at 30, was it six 57 years old playing? It, it's it's <laughs> the way we, we talk about certain players sometimes. I'm just like, oh man, that's good. He's not even 36 yet, as a matter of fact. I think he's just turned 35. No, no, he's he's 80, he's 87. So he's, oh, he's 87 or 88. I can't yeah. remember which one, but he's somewhere in there. So okay. Yeah, so he he's he's playing. Is he your, is he your three? I yeah, yeah. another three is averaging 30 in the West. Who's that? We have uh Kawhi. You can't. Name I'm I'm not talking last six games, last seven games. Yeah, I'm talking about for the season. Season. Then I gotta go. Yeah, LeBron, Ooh. Kawhi. Oh, uh, he sh- he should now be named Kawhi and Jokic. So you're going the hashtag Kawhi and Jokic. Yeah. All right. I got a bunch of old dudes in the West because these three guys are playing on autopilot right now, still killing the game. And the chef Wardell Stephen Curry the second. I got Luka Lamar. That's with two Arch Doncic in the backcourt with him. Mm-hmm. No disrespect to Shea Gildish Alexander. Um, Kevin Wayne Durant at the three. The hashtag he shan't be named at the four. And Nicola Jermaine, that's JF Postry, M A Y N E, Jokic. Oh, yeah. In the middle, who is injured. It doesn't matter who's injured, who's not. Although he had some of those, when he had those two games where he went 18 for 58 in those two games, nine for 32 in one of them. I'm like, who is this guy? But he's still that guy. And I'm still on with that guy. His name is the <laughs> Alan Shane Lewis here on the open run. So come back for more on the other side of this. You're now listening to the sounds of the open run with Will Strickland, where the lectures conducted from the mic to the speaker in conversation with the great Alan Shane Lewis, the Alan Shane Lewis, if you didn't know already, 
Welcome back, man. Um, have you been seeing clips of this kid that plays for FC Barcelona? This 12-year-old, 6'9", cat named Mohamed Gabon. I might, I might be saying that wrong, but Sounds have like you seen this? Sounds like one of Bone Thugs in Harmony. That's a great name. Um, bone, uh, bone, 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 <laughs> bone. <laughs> you, you did it. Gonna but, be sad, um, uh, no, he's he's looking great. He's looking great. I saw some clips of him on uh, on social media. Uh, he's just looking like a, a a giant amongst boys, and it's it's going to be interesting to see what he, he can turn into. His level of fluidity at 12 years old is something rare. You see in a guy that big that's still trying to, you know, you see like a, a doe when they're first born and it's shaking yeah. on shaky legs. <laughs> that's what Victor looked like when he was younger. That's what like Giannis probably looked like when he was younger. Big feet, big hands, didn't know how to actually move. This kid looks fluid. He can yeah. take you inside, can take you off the dribble. He can shoot at six foot nine and at 12 years old. What you don't hope to happen for a kid like that when you get exposed this young is that you fail to meet the expectations of other people. And I'm not saying he should live by that, but certain people can deal with that hype. We've seen a guy, we talk about him all the time, the hashtag, who's more than exceeded the hype coming into the league. Victor Wimanyama is on the beginning of that. Can he exceed the hype? And then we have this kid, Mohamed Dabon. Does he peak in high school? He's going to a prep school in the United States. I hope he doesn't. I, I do too. I, I hope, hope he, he doesn't, doesn't either. I hope, hope he, he doesn't stays either. in Europe and becomes that. That's how you can become the number one pick in the draft. It's 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 honestly AAU, and I'm only I'm not you know 100 in there because like my my days of OBA basketball are gone. They're done. I only speak to my friends and you know. Who Wait, so you're not them. hooping no more? Because you've been promising me to hoop them for years. Yo, I got I got I got this knee is gone, but it's it's ready. Anytime you want that smoke, let's do it. Let's Come do on, man. Y'all been talking that trash for years. I, I'm I'm still ready. I'm, I'm in my old man phase now. I'm doing a bunch of pump fakes. This is this is all this is my game now. I'm not trying to dunk over nobody. I'm just pump fake, pump fake, spin, we'll, we'll, spin. We'll see. We'll see you this summer, sir. <laughs> I will be there. I will. July thirteenth, twenty twenty four. Waterfront Neighborhood Center, make it happen. Okay, I'm getting my brace ready. We, 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 I'm putting, <laughs> putting the date on my brace. I'm like, we'll bust it out, ready to go. But you're but, right about the AAU and like it's, even the it's G not League. Service, yeah, it's not servicing these players anymore. It's servicing brands and it's a commoditization of, of, of everything. Capitalism comes for everything. I think in every mm. sector of things, it eventually comes to a point where somebody can make a little bit more money if it's advertised a certain way. And if we pull away from the product and if the product is the kids and we're actually not doing them any favors anymore, we're not putting them into things that's actually going to get them better. It's ranking them in this type of system that's owned by this company that's associated with this company that really likes to use their footage, all this free footage that now we just see in this idea and age of social media where all we can do is keep pumping and putting new stuff over and over again. And I can just rip it off you and make money off of this. They're making money off these kids already and they're not turning them into players that can have withstanding careers and keep up in the everyday or the new generation of, of basketball in the NBA. And we're seeing all the Maybe European that guys. is the new generation, though. Maybe that is the new generation who actually follow the the code and edicts of those immortal Negro poets. We usually take on ninjas' garments, better known to you as Wu Tang. Cash rules everything around me. Cream get the money. Dollar dollar bill, yo. Which Just to same. be honest, if 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 you could, uh, what was that line from Missy Elliott? Is like, ain't no shame, ladies, do your thing. Just make sure you're ahead of the game. I don't think mm -hmm. a lot of these kids are ahead of the game. I think mm -hmm. you know some of them will get to a certain point where they can use that kind of stuff to elevate themselves, get the money, get the contracts, get the whatever. But what has Zion kind of shown from that? He's a very good individual player, but has he 
become the next thing that we needed to him to be? Did he develop a lot of things that he probably should have developed certain ways? No, he was just kind of a star player and it got to him early. And we're kind of seeing the, you know, what happens to a star when it flames out? Supernova. So is that what's happening right now? Or is that what we're seeing? Are we seeing symptoms of that? But is actually the cause of what's going to happen to his career? I hope not. But who's at the top now? A lot of these ESPN guys don't want to crown these European dudes, but guess what? They're the face of the league because they're taught to play as basketball in a different way. They're yeah. taught to be these type of like win first. Basketball is an organic game. The ball needs to go where it needs to go. And they understand that they're playing that type of basketball and it's servicing them better. So well, I can respect that for sure. And the case study of uh, Zion Latif Williamson would be great. But let's move it back a little bit more because you talked about AU or even G League a guy who a lot of people thought was a legitimate possibility to be the number one pick in the draft this past season, Scoot Henderson yeah, is what? coming back. A lot of people are saying he's a bust already. It's, it's, it's yeah. and dog. I mean, I know it's a sample size, but they're going too hard on the sun, pause. And at this point, to see a guy who's number two pick in the draft, not playing all that well, but as a rookie, getting his own sneaker. Yeah. He signed a deal with Puma. The Scoot Zero is out there. The Georgia Peach is the actual name of the, the kick. Can you think of any other rookies that signed deals with sneaker companies, got their own kick in their rookie year? That's why you get them young. You get them young, throw the dollars in front of them. Maybe they're not spending all that time with the offseason to kind of get their game ready. I seen him just in an NBA 2K commercial talking about, like, I'm about to make my career. I'm like, when did you film that? You filmed that before you touched the court, didn't you? Because <laughs> you wouldn't be talking like that, right? You would be not talking that. <laughs> but you I don't would. know if I would put him in that same category as the guys who got kicks as rookies. I mean, obviously, you know, saying yeah. Michael Jeffrey of Wilmington got his at the end of his rookie year. I, I, I'm, you know, I'm, I'm yeah. Allen Iverson with the answer, you know, of course, the hashtag he shan't be named. Like, there are certain guys who got their kicks their rookie year yeah. that you were like, okay, these guys are icons in the game and always will be. Now, are we rewarding people before they become yeah. that person? I, I'm I'm fine because with, with the new rules and, like, these college kids, I'm fine with them getting that money because, like, somebody was going to get that money somewhere, and I, I, I'd rather they get a splash of their hard work. I'm fine with that. It's just that, you know, the European players don't necessarily – like, they have these kind of structures, but they're not kind of, like, focused. Like, I think there is a, a specific time period getting yourself ready for the NBA, and maybe you should allot that time to become that player that you need to become. And I think with Scoot and just the system of the G League, I don't think he was set up in a way to become that type of player. I think he was an undersized big or sorry, undersized guard who was Mm -hmm. very fast and can move with it. And I feel like the fast competitive basketball where I have to shine out of these 13 players that that space between G League and the NBA, that that is a hyper competitive AAU kind of microcosm. It's that right. area where it's like I have to show my talents above everyone else. I am not playing winning basketball. I am not taught to play winning basketball. I am taught to show my best things in front of the cameras because I need to get out of here. I need to get shows. And I think we're seeing that versus you know a player like Zion or Zion, sorry, uh, Wemby, who's like, no, I my entire time here, I stayed in this specific France league because it's going to let me practice things I need to practice. I need to be. Uh, a wandering kind of player. I need to figure out all these different things. This is who I'm going to try to be. And this is who Giannis is trying to be. This is who Nikola Jokic is trying to be. And I, I think that's the the, 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 uh, the stark differences that I'm, I'm, I'm really seeing and noticing. No, well, you'll see that while Scoot will have his opportunities and his chances to become what many thought he would become in the NBA, the young man by the name of Chance Comanche, undrafted out of Arizona a couple of years ago, has now been arrested for murder. Yeah, I've seen that's the year. 
I see Shams posting that like it's a, a top pick. I'm like, wait, why is he? No, but it's, it's a serious thing because here's this kid who's playing well for the Stockton Kings, the Sacramento Kings G League affiliate in Stockton, California. Playing well. I think he had a really good game before this all happened. Oh, he was still currently playing. Yes. Oh, I thought he was like, oh, no. Snap. Well, he, okay. he, they waved him immediately. Oh, yeah. When he got arrested, yeah. they waved him immediately based on it. It wasn't like a drunk driving charge they waved him for. Yeah. When they said that he and his girlfriend, I think her name is Sakari Herndon or something like that, were charged with kidnapping a young woman by the name of Mariana Rogers on the 6th of December. That was the last time people saw her. Then they found her remains. And right away, people started piecing these things together. And again, if you watch enough first 48, <laughs> them cell phones will get you every time, champ. <laughs> GPS will get you every time. <laughs> and I'm not trying to make light of, of this situation, but... Chance Comanche is done. Yeah. Your girlfriend is done. And rest in power to Mariana Rogers and condolences to her entire family. But this is definitely something. It doesn't matter whether it's in the NBA, G League, AU, or whatever. It's it's something that we talked about last week on the podcast and how the NBA adjudicates when it comes to women and how these guys, whether it be Miles Bridges situation or Kevin Porter Jr. Yeah. And this kid, Chance Comanche, who is affiliated with the NBA. And how the NBA looks at how do we adjudicate when it comes to the safety of women? It's something we want to talk about. And I'm sad that she's not safe anymore because she's gone. And I hope if these guys have done what is alleged they've done, they face the full extent of yeah. any law they can put on them. For yeah, this, so I 100%. And I think the league tries to kind of. Uh, do these kind of rulings and make sure that like people feel safe. But I think once again, this conversation we're having earlier, the commoditization of a lot of these different things, the the NBA only cares as far as the dollar goes. And, and we've seen that with players like Miles Bridges coming back into the NBA and just immediately just brought into it because it's like, well, we can make money off of this. Someone can make money off of this. We don't actually care anymore. And a John Moran uh, uh, suspension is like, okay, but you have players who go hunting and show guns. Oh, you don't like guns when it's in this scenario because it kind of takes away dollars from here. So now you're actually more, you, you come harder on this because it's it's, it's taking away from your dollar. Like it's- All right, it, well, I, don't, I want to conflate though. I don't want to conflate. I, I, yeah. the, women, the women part, when you say like, the NBA is still the most progressive league of all the leagues. No, nope. let's w, be Especially, well, I mean, the WNBA is affiliated with the NBA. Yeah, yeah, but right? if 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 I, I can, there's I'm definitely for male perspective, like for the male, yeah, for the male, male out of all the leagues, the that, NBA. Yeah. I'm not talking about just what they do with women. I'm talking about um, human rights and everything like like that. The NBA is way far and above any other league. That doesn't, you know, tell you that they can't make mistakes or they're not falling short on certain things. I, yeah. But I don't want to just totally pan them. Um, because Miles Bridges, like anyone else, like if his girlfriend is willing to give him a second chance, if he served this sentence, if he did whatever, he, then he has the right to still find his employment. He shouldn't have to be like, oh, yeah, Miles Bridges did this thing. He could never play basketball again. I, I Yeah, but there is a difference between like a revolving door of, like from things like that and now what we're seeing with Draymond Green. Like there, there needs to be counseling. There needs to be conversations. There needs to be all these different things. If you slippery want to come slope, back, champ, that's a slippery slope. I, I think, I think everything should be about accountability. But I think you should still have, should have to prove that you've, you've come to these terms and you've talked about this and you've, 
uh, that prison kind of thing where you kind of bring people in because you're not trying to like punitive. You're trying to like trying to mm -hmm. heal people. You're trying to make them come right. back. Rehabilitation. Come. Rehabilitation. I don't think there was any rehabilitation in that uh, that other story. I think it was well, just case happened. Here's happen, the funny part. Here's the sad part about what we're talking about with the NBA. You say the NBA doesn't care, but at the end of it, they always want to have a conversation before you can come back. Mm -hmm. Kyrie had to have a conversation with Adam Silver. Demetrius Jamel Morant has to have a conversation with him before he comes back. You're sure that Draymond Jamal Green Sr. is going to have to have that conversation. But when people start saying that he needs mental and emotional help, you don't know anything about him. But now everybody's put him in this corner. I'm not saying he doesn't have doesn't need it. But when you start doing that, that's how people – it's just like in prison. When guys start to figure out they can crush this thing, because guys can put a crush on and say, you know what, Adam Silver, I don't want to play tonight because I need a mental health day. It's not an injury day. It's a mental health day. And they use it instead of like, and they abuse it. And it hurts the people who actually need that. Yeah. Draymond Green did what he did and he lied about it. That doesn't mean he needs mental health. Yeah. That's you start to stigmatize somebody without knowing the full story. And once you start to paint that picture, it becomes problematic. But here's the thing. And I said this about my son. If Alan, if you were my son and the first time you did something, I didn't say anything. And the fifth time you did something, I didn't say anything. On the sixth time I say something, you go like, yeah. well, why, why are you tripping, Dad? We've always been like this, and you'll be 100% correct yeah. that the NBA has not set down real punitive damages for what Draymond has done over his career. And that's why I like this whole thing about him being indefinitely suspended. Yeah, Because it doesn't give you a, like, okay, I can come back this time and come back that time. It makes you start to think about why you have the opportunity and the chance to play in the NBA. And how it can be taken away because you're emoting in a way that's not congruent with the action on the court. You can take away millions upon millions of dollars in your legacy. And you see in these young cats, they don't care about all that tough guy talk now. It's now it's clown shit. It's like me being the club right now. I'm the old dude of the club. Nobody's checking for me. Nobody's, hey, baby, what's up? They're not checking if I go to the club. That's, that's what Draymond is doing right now. So when Anthony Edwards was like, whatever, dog. When Donald Mitchell was like, Come on, dog. That's not you. But to say it's mental health issues and that he needs to get counseling and all this other stuff, that he's going to take it voluntarily, just like Kyrie Irving did, says yeah. a dangerous precedent, in my opinion. And I, yeah. even though they have the strongest union of all the major sports, this is one of those things where maybe they have to toe the line on the idea of mental health and say, you know what? He's a repeat offender, but he can't be a repeat offender if you just suspend him from some games. You're not yeah. pulling him to the side saying, okay, you need to take some real time off. Well, yeah, he was, you know, he's part of the, the Warriors dynasty. He is a, a major piece of it. If he uh, misses significant time, what does it do? It takes away from their bottom dollar. So it was never in their interest to kind oh, of. Oh, no, the Warriors, the Warriors going to eat because they have that little light-skinned assassin out there. Yeah, but I'm saying if, uh, I'm, over these years, I don't think it's ever been enforced on him because it's like, if he misses any more games, we're just that's going to take away from the Warriors becoming one of the most expensive franchises that we we own in this league. Again, that that had nothing that has something to do with Draymond over the years, the over end, the years. The, but but now, some, but yeah, still but, has something to do. Period with that guy who can shoot the basketball. Of course, of course. Little kids but, in China are like, I can be him. Yeah, yeah. But I'm just saying, you don't want to you don't want to take away from that from that kid's earning potential, or you know, that Waldorf stuff and Curry's earning potential. Because of Draymond's nonsense. It won't. So kind of it won't. I don't think one thing has anything to do with the other. I just think that there's a danger in labeling some. It's like calling somebody crazy. Yeah. Yeah. Because it's dangerous. It's, yeah. And I, then, I, as a black man, I look at it like, okay, so if that's the case, that when 
these guys who are fighting or acting out in the NBA, now they have mental health issues. Are we saying the same thing for the entire NHL? Yeah, exactly. Where you could just no, we're not though. Yeah, exactly. It's you could go out there the and game. fight. It just changes. I, I 100% agree. So like, if think, it's a fabric of the game and you're, you're an, Alan, you're an athlete or used to be, I think that's what you used to call yourself. <laughs> you know, in the heat of the battle, mm-hmm. emotions are high. There's a physicality to it. And sometimes things happen. Yeah. But to narrow cast that thing as a mental health issue, because that thing happened is conflation. And it's the worst kind and only happens in certain sports. And you have to ask yourself I, why. I, because I my, I guess my violence is worse than Nathan McKinnon's violence. Yeah, I don't think so, but exactly. I understand. Yeah, right. No, I, I, I get it. I get it because I, I've, I've been saying that for years. The way we kind of look at these fights and you know, in NBA versus anything else, it becomes just like, look how, look there, there's the hood. It's the same, you know. David Stern kind of talk just recycled. These people don't realize they're the same, the same thing that you know. That's what happens with history. It repeats itself, and no one's really paying attention, but. For for the, the the whole like uh the, the the Draymond thing, I always say like Kevin Garnett is the perfect embodiment of of a Zed like nature where he can have these Bruce Banner and the Hulk <laughs> in the same person, and he knows exactly when to go switch between. He has full control of that. He you know, and I think that's the only thing Draymond really needs because I don't want to lose. Are we defensive. saying that Draymond doesn't understand the psychological warfare he puts on the court every time I, he plays? I, I think he does, but he I think that envelope. I oh, I think I I think that's his entire. It's the same. It's the Kevin Garnett playbook. It's I'm gonna I want to see what type of person you are under duress, and I'm gonna put you under duress, and that's just what mm-hmm. it is. But it's this the the it's the the extra hits, it's the extra whatever, it's the teammate stuff. That's where it needs to be, you know, dialed down a little bit. Because like even like you know, there were fights in the NBA in in practices years before we just didn't have social media and someone filming it, right? Ready to risk their job to post it online. That was this that that's been happening. Like so, I'm not, I'm not gonna do whatever. But it's it's the it's the constant things here and there that kind of pulls a detriment to his team. Like sometimes, like it's, it's the the. The, he doesn't I, know how to look, hide look, it into the fabric of the game when he's stomping on the dude's chest running down the court. Like that's, that's always is, a problem. I don't want us to to fall into the trap the trap of going back to it's hurting the team. Yeah, I, I, I was say- worried about the team in the first place mm-hmm. in that moment because he's gotten his, and he knows maybe somebody's saying, "Okay, well, he's a four time champion and knows he's slowing down." And when you start to look at game erosion as an individual. When you go to play and you're like, damn, I used to be able to make that dunk or used to be able to make this move, your mortality on the court starts to come to play a little bit. Guys who Draymond would go, man, you could never beat me on the court, and they're starting to beat him, can lend to that. But let's talk about it from a basketball standpoint, not from, oh, man, his mental health is off. No, dog, that's a real thing that happens to every player who ever played this game at any sort of real level. As you start to look at game erosion, damn, dog. This guy who could I know could never beat me in my prime is beating me now. And that's a problem with my ego. But it's not I need counseling for it. I just need to understand that that's me. I'm getting older. I'm getting slower. I'm getting more grazed in my beard. It happens. That's why they foul so much. They can't move as fast. That's why they turn the ball over so much. It's not the same rhythm. But if you want to talk about from a team standpoint and put Draymond in that context, I can deal with that. You start to say he has emotional issues and, and all this other stuff now. Yeah, I'm not gonna throw everything on there. Me. Yeah, I'm not gonna throw everything on you know who he is because I just I just don't know him. But I just think that 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 type of conversation that we're just kind of having right here, that type of just like expressing that, I think that's just all would work great with him. I think if he if he saw this and had that conversation with himself 
And he kind of took a look at that gray in his beard too, as well. And him and LeBron can, you know, <laughs> figure out how to put a million dollars into his body, you know, every single year. I think that would kind of help him mentally and not mentally, but just like, you know, I think this is the conversation that's happening in mainstream media yeah. before it becomes a thing where start you start to stigmatize the black athlete in this way, even further than they already are, especially yeah. the black male athlete. And I'm not trying to cape one way or the other for Draymond. I'm just talking about the slippery slope that is to start saying right, somebody's crazy before knowing what they're yeah. going through. That's my issue yeah. more than anything else. It doesn't happen in other arenas and with other no. players and it's happening here. And I'm not, I'm going to say something about it. Yeah. Right? It's, it's, it's been unfair for years. It's been unfair in the way they kind of, uh, you know, even in a sport as, as, uh, as divided as like football, you'll see a different kind of conversations as far as mentality goes on these aging players than we do with some of the other ones of a fair complexion. Like there's always that kind of like, wow, he really holds it to get all this different stuff. And then there's like a different kind of conversation that are being kind of had with certain other greats. And, you know, but we have an obligation as people who have access to media to make sure that we don't allow the conflation to, to be a part of our daily conversation either yeah. for us to say something about it. And so, again, it's not about caper for Draymond. It's about the slippery slope that could be now when you start to apply that to everyone else. OK, fair enough. But that's not going to happen. Exactly. So I'm going to say something about it and to move on to something in a more positive light <laughs> uh, here in conversation with the great Alan Shane Lewis, the Alan Shane Lewis, if you didn't know already here on the open run with Will Strickland. Team USA before the Paris games in 2024, going to play two games in London against South Sudan and Germany, the world champion German national team with Franz Wagner and my man Dennis Schroeder, you know. Dennis Schroeder a lot. You're a big Raptors fan. <laughs> I think the game that I'm more interested in is the South Sudanese game. Luol Deng runs their basketball program. Remember when Luol Deng had um, money in England? They had, they made money for him? No. You don't remember that? They made money for him? Luol Deng has, a, I think, a five-pound bill that said Brixton on it. <laughs> the English government actually made it for him. I'm not joking. You could look this up. <laughs> I was calling yeah. him Prince Hakeem and everything. The boy got his own money. <laughs> Dead serious. Look this up. So Luol Deng, the comeback where he was raised when he left Sudan, was raised there in London, came to Duke, played NBA career, whole nine, right? He's running this program, and they were the surprise team in the World Cup. And now I give that chance. Again, this is a great thing with the NBA, USA basketball, and, and FIBA making sure that they start to grow the game in this place where you see all these guys who are seven feet tall who can do all this other stuff. You're seeing more and more African players coming over to the NBA and also in the Basketball Africa League, thriving and growing. The South Sudanese story is huge because it's all refugees. And they come together to be one of the best basketball teams in the world based on what Luol Deng has put into program with his money, his time, and his effort. So I want to say salute to Luol Deng, a.k.a. he got his own money. Prince Hakeem. Is he he's, he's still in the Lakers books, right? He's still making that money there. It's I like, think he's <laughs> off the books next year, but you, 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 you might you might be right on that one. This guy's you money might. for real. <laughs> no doubt. No doubt, man. Well, we're one third of the way through the season. And I don't I normally like to do quarters because NBA games is in a quarter, but I'm gonna do trimesters because we birthed a new season. So in our first trimester over here. Good. We're looking at the best team in the league. Who is that for you? Best team in the league. I got to go with the defending champs. Even though they right. just lost that game uh, the other night with the brilliant shot, put uh, put it away. 
the way that team plays, it feels like a, like you lift up a hood of a car and you just see this like crystal engine that's just like, ooh, it's shiny. Everything's working. It's perfectly, you know, it's, uh, well, oil is doing what it's got to do. There's no waste on it. There's no, like, there's nothing going on. It's just, it knows what it needs to do. And the ball just moves so smoothly. It feels like, indoor soccer if you're ever a single mm. like me and you watch some indoor soccer on on tv it's just like that it's it's just quick 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 ball is being moved and players are cutting from places that you didn't even know they could cut from ninja like type of v cuts uh and everyone's <laughs> hitting their shots and playing great defense and it's all being you know controlled by this mobile operation center that just sits above the entire court scanning everything making different moves and ideas and it's transmitting it to everybody because they're they're not talking they're 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 speaking through psych, you know uh psychic wave it wavelengths the way they're kind of playing right now so i have to give it to them it's it's really enjoying uh, watching their type of basketball this season and when it comes time to june i expect to see them i cannot top that answer and i won't try to i would agree with you only because of how you described it but you know, my pick was actually Boston right now. Mm-hmm. Even with all the moving parts, they still have their core together. And then yeah. integrate a guy like, I can't call him 3-6 Mafia anymore. Kristaps Porzingis, <laughs> wear six. you can't wear six anymore in Boston, my guy. Tingus, you know Pingus, is that? Is that... <laughs> you know, look, 3-6 Latvia worked out for me for years. <laughs> they look good with him in the lineup. Yeah, And Al Horford, like he's a, a supreme team player. These guys all fall into their roles, and they look at Drew Randall Holiday, who was set there in the greatest GM move this year, all year. And I'm, I think I'm stepping ahead as I go through these awards. Joe Croton, what he did, that was the pity GM move of the year by sending him to the Eastern Conference to a championship contending team when he got traded to Portland and traded him to Boston. And Malcolm Brockman said, well, you put Dame out here in Milwaukee. He didn't go where he wanted to go. We're going to give Drew his because Drew is that kind of guy. Yeah. And that's a low-key, sneaky, petty move. But for sure, I'm going to say Boston. But I can't knock what you said about Denver, who's the best starting five in the league right now, until further notice. So, you know, I'm going to go with that with you. What about the worst team in the league? We already no, we know. Can we, just, yes. like, can we skip over this? I like I like talking about it, man. Uh, shout out to Kofi. Uh <laughs> Big Pistons fan, also Duncan Smith. I'm sorry, y'all. Just just seeing them, it's – I feel like them. they quit already, and it's, it hurts me. It you hurts. got some guys on that team. I like Kate Cunningham. I like Asar Thompson. That young cat oh. is going to be one of the best defenders in the league sooner than later, mm-hmm. and he rebounds an elite level for his size. Man. You're getting 10 rebounds a game at 6'7". You're not Dennis Rodman because you're not playing that position, but he's more of like a three. If he starts to get you Sean Marion numbers because he has an ugly jump shot too, you start seeing him by his third year giving you 18 and 10, 20 and 10, low-key coach's choice for all-star games in the Eastern okay. Conference for a couple of years. He is going to be a very important piece on a very good team. It's, it's yeah. just about when it, he figures it out or when – not he figures it out, his situation you know, yeah. changes. I think that's what's, what's what it is because his understanding of the game and how it works and – the ball it's that it's i think dennis it is a little too. bit dennis dennis rodman because it's like seeing the ball spin this way i know it's going to come back this way mm-hmm. i know i'm supposed to be over here on this like third help that i can like steal the ball and get a break for our team and i'll give it off to somebody because i really don't need the points i'm just trying to get this let's let's, let's move let's move this uh pace let's move this basketball's win this game i think that's the type of dog that he kind of is and it's 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 hard it's hard for them you know how many games they've lost but i i, I hear uh, what, what, what's what's homie's name the uh 
the Cooper flag uh, cup. This sounds looking looking better and better as this uh, the season. Oh, goes. look, that's basically the invitational when they end up playing teams like San Antonio and Washington. Yeah, there is a hope that Washington does not get him. From what I understand, Ted Leonsis is actually moving his teams from D.C. into Arlington, Virginia. I guess that's a tax break, but also the governor of the Commonwealth of Virginia used to be my former teammate at Rice. That's the word. Word is born. Glenn <laughs> Youngkin used to be my teammate at Rice. Damn. So <laughs> you never know. Small world. But the worst team in the league, obviously, the Detroit Pistons right now. And hope for better days for them because when teams are actually performing at a high level, it helps the entire league. Yeah. Right? Most surprising team in the league for you. Most surprising. You know what? It's got to be top of the charts in the West. Minnesota. Minnesota. Uh, I didn't think it would click that fast. And, you know, everyone's bought in. I think Ant's worth the price of admission. He's a great player. I got to see uh, that early game with the Raptors with him. The way he moves is just so quick. Uh, He is a killer. And everyone else is playing suit. Rudy Gobert, no one's clowning him anymore. You know, we're not we're not laughing. I think there's still moments to still clown him, but defensively. I call him Booty Gobert, my guy. <laughs> I do. I can't front. I call him Booty Gobert because his game is wild buns. It's it is, okay. it is, but what's happening? But he does his job now. He does and his job. He once he fall once he, I think once he fell in line with the pecking order, like he thought, Oh, I make the most money, I should be the guy. You're never yeah. gonna be that guy. Yeah. And once Anthony Edwards said, you know what, cat. I don't think he even had that conversation. I think Cat had the conversation with himself. I had six, seven, eight years here where I had a chance to be the guy. It never worked out. Let this guy lead us. I'll be second fiddle. Booty Gobert, you're third. You anchor our defense. We'll win games playing this too big lineup and and go from there. And Nas Reed. My favorite free agent signing this year. That they got to keep him. I was hoping he would go somewhere else. Yeah, It didn't, didn't happen. Yeah. So shout out to their front office for locking up Nas Reed because anytime one of those guys gets injured, Nas Reed can give you Ooh. again. We talk about a big man, Nas Reed, six eleven, inside, outside, rebounding defense. If you can't play basketball, you cannot play in the NBA today. Yeah, and he's he can push the ball too. Imagine that saying. with the left hand, basketball players. Yeah, we said this all like basketball players. Yeah, I like your pick. I'm going to go – I'm going to stay in the Western Conference and go down south to Ime Udoka's Houston mm-hmm. Rockets. Yeah. They got some grown folks in the locker room, and Uncle Jeff Green and Fred Van Bleet, and also Dylan Brooks. As yeah. much as we talk about it, he's the heart and soul of what they do defensively, one of the best defensive teams. They were one of the worst last year. Yeah, They proved to be examples to those young guys from Alpri Sengun, who's one of my favorites. I call him oh, yeah. Joker Light. I get, I get shades of Paul Gasol from him. In a, in oh, a lo- 100%. Yeah. Especially with that awkward number, 28. I love <laughs> it. Right? His game is like that. You know, you see – I thought Jalen Green was going to be the one lost in the sauce. But, again, when he's on the court, this this plus, the plus minus when he's on the court is horrendable. But he might be a guy who's on the move at some point. Tari Eason deserves – he's going to – I don't use the word deserve, so let me stop. But Tari Eason – We'll be playing more. Pin who they get back for Jalen Green. Supremely yeah. talented young guy. Just doesn't fit in what I think Udoka needs right now. They do need an explosive score, but someone who's willing to play defense as well. Uh, because that's the only way you can stay on the court for yeah. Udoka. Jay Sean Tate is not it. Even though he's a great defender, he's one of those guys off the bench, second unit, that can help you like a Josh Hart. But 
I like Houston as my most surprising team because they were terrible last year. Yeah. And the least surprising team, or I'm, you know what? Yeah, the least surprising team in the league. The least surprising. Yeah. Um, team that can't creep up on you anymore. Uh, <laughs> let's keep it in the West. Lakers. You know that you really? cannot trick me. Yeah, ca- that that middle of like I I see shades of ex- excellence when they want to. I'm not gonna get excited until I see you know May basketball. I know what this is. All right. Don't oh, wait, wait, wait. They went to the Western Conference Finals after starting two and ten last year. Yeah, yeah. I, so I, 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 there's I, no sneaking up. That's the Lakers. I'm uh, I'm just saying I'm not gonna this 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 rope a dope. I'm not being fooled by this. They they, they come mm-hmm. to the season where they're like. Well, what, what type of team are we? We're like, are we always amazing? Or are we just gonna let somebody blow us out by forty? Like that kind of like spectrum kind of basketball. I get what it's yeah, it's, it's trying to do for sure. It's just trying to make its way into the um, to the, the playoffs, and then then they'll, they'll figure it out once that happens. They'll they'll be yeah, locked. That's in. a veteran squad, but so I look at. I'm sorry. Go ahead. No, no. So just, they, they they can't trick me as far as the team. It's like, well, are we gonna are we worried about this? I'm like, I'm out. I know what's gonna happen. Like Austin no is my yo guy. Maybe there'll be a trade. We'll see if Levine's foot's really hurt, but. Uh, yeah, he's gonna turn into Kaiser Soze walking out of his jail. You know how he's walking before he turns. <laughs> yeah. Once he gets that trade, he's gonna be able to walk Ooh. straight. Though, trying to tell you right now, there's a Willie Walker's grandpa happen. just pop out of bed. Just oh yeah, right. Oh, he's ready to rock. Kevin Nash when he's in that wheelchair for wrestling. One hundred percent. That's what happened. Zach Levine, we see you. I hope they'll make that trade, but Zach Levine, yeah. we see you. Unless they throw it Caruso with that. Okay, yeah. I can deal with that part. They, they're going right? to give up. Yeah, it's 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 a pound. They give up Caruso because I like Demar Derozan better than Zach Levine. But I don't think Derozan can hang out with LeBron. You need to be on the. I guarantee you, he can. You think you can? I guarantee you, you can. If you if you listen, if you can have a team where you have two guys on the squad you trust to handle the ball at any time, so you're going to have, and then you have Austin Reeves there too. If they wanted Demar Darnell Derozan to handle the ball with Anthony Davis, or they had it. Where it was the hashtag and the Rosen, or like at any one time you have two top former All Star guys on your squad on the floor at any one time, your level of trust goes up a bit. Yeah. So can he deal with the prime time moments? He didn't do it when he was in Toronto. He never had a chance in San Antonio, but that's where he learned how to play. Chicago showed him that he had more in him than he thought he had. Now he has a chance to prove it at 34 somewhere else because it's a fire sale in Chicago. Oh yeah, trust yeah. that. Every everything must go. We're gonna. Yeah, I think the reason why I'm not. Uh, I think that DeRozan can exist around Bron. I think definitely, you know, they're gonna have good moments. But I, you need a three, a three guy, just to sit around with LeBron. If you have two primary ball handles around LeBron, that guy needs to be able to pull up from three off of like the the pick and roll off the top. Like there needs to just be that type of like if I if I find you in the corner, if I find you open, you need to hit down on that knockdown shot. And, and you're saying Torian Prince is the answer, or Cam Reddish? I don't think Torian Prince is over, the answer. Over DeMar DeRozan? I, I'm, I'm no. saying over Levine. If we're going to go Levine and DeRozan, if, we're, if one of those players has to go. Zach Levine is allergic to defense. DeMar I used to say the same thing when he was in Toronto. At least he gives some effort. And I trust you know, a guy who hits clutch shots and people trust with the ball in his hand in his career right now, like DeMar. Yeah. It's, I wouldn't call him Jimmy Butler because Jimmy Butler led his team to two NBA finals. But, you know, over Levine, yeah, 100%, just from a trust factor. And maybe Levine goes, you know what, I'm the third guy in this team. And if he if he buys into that, that's a different Zach Levine that I've ever seen. Yeah. 
And if, if he does that, if yeah. he says, I have a chance to win and play behind these guys, I can do that. That's a different conversation. He's yeah. younger. You're also thinking about building your future because you can't cash out on your whole future like the Clippers did yeah. with all these old guys. But hey, man, that's Expendables 5 is coming out, and they might, they might, they might do it this time. <laughs> they might don't, do it. Don't do it to yourself. <laughs> You know, if you're it. making a parlay on that, don't do it to yourself. Ooh, it's I'm telling you. But my least surprising team. I got the team, new Paul George jersey. You seen it? It's uh, the bench no, one. No, what does it say? It's, it's the bench one. This is when he wears game time. It's when he's sitting Stop on the it. Bench. Stop it. No, my least surprising team is the Sacramento Kings of yeah. this year, the OKC Thunder. See how I did Ooh, that? Ooh, I like that. I like that flip. OKC yeah. Thunder are my least surprising team because this is what we wanted to see once you got Chet Holmgren, the best second-year, first-year player in the league right now. Mm-hmm. Having that year to sit around, work out with the NBA squad, watch how they play, and then find his role, his his fit, it looks great. Yeah. The only issue, of course, we will find out what happens with Josh Giddy yeah. and how that affects what they do. But with the Jalen Williams on that squad, just I think there's a question about some of their bench players. Yeah. But from that starting five, what they have with – a guy like Chet Holmgren and, of course, SGA still one of the top scorers in the league. And just nasty work he does. Nasty yeah. work. I'm going with OKC. They, um, one, my only grab with OKC, and it's a petty one, change the jersey. Change the jersey. It's That, that iteration needs to go. We need to do I see. I want to see the design you come up with because they have some other road. The, 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 dark, the, dark, the dark blue one with the orange. I'm like, okay, I see I see the vision there. Let's We can play mm-hmm. with these colors, but we got we to gotta change it up. But uh, the okay. team's looking nice. Team's looking nice, you know. Okay. Uh, executive of the year. Executive of the year. Who's, who's pulling the best strings? You know, I, I think you spoke to it earlier. I think that's Celtics finesse. I think kind of reloading Brad the clips. Yeah. I think reloading the clip with those type of players and kind of, you know, being able to maintain, you know, I hate to say it, but a championship pedigree in a second season after, after all these trades. You know, it took Milwaukee a little bit longer to kind of get to where they are right now, but – it's seeing that team immediately grasp onto the concept of winning, and because once I, once I saw the de- that defensive hall, I was like, "Oh, you you lost uh, yourself an engine there." Okay, yeah. interesting. And then I'm like, "Dang, you plugged it back up really great with Drew Holiday, and now you can extend the range with Chris Tapps. All right, you really serviced. Like I feel like Tatum and Brown have had like amazing compa- uh, com- compadres around them the entire time. They have. They, now they have to turn that into something. For yeah, sure. and and it, it could this could be the year. It really could. Like I. I always felt like it's, and once again, I hate to say this, it's it wasn't a a an if, it was a when with that team. But then I also kind of felt that about OKC and Yonder. You know, I was like, oh, this team's gonna figure it out, and they did. So some of them did in different ways. In uh, they had to break up that squad. I yeah, mean, something happened because they were supposed to win in 2012, but some dude got in the way. Yeah. Anyway, my pick for executive of the year is Raphael Stone down in Houston. With no disrespect whatsoever, Daryl Morey, who just got an extension to his contract into 2027-28 season, mostly for getting rid of James Harden. Raphael Stone, what he's done by bringing in Yudoka, who's under fire, and then you see the results will make you forget about everything that happened. Yeah. Dylan Brooks, same thing. Get Jeff Green and Fred Van Vliet, who they said, oh, they should have never signed a guy who's shooting Bob Cousy's numbers from the field to a $40 million a year contract, but he got with the market for. They're winning. Hard to dispute that. And also, shouts out to Joe Cronin, as I said, from Portland. He's a sneaky, petty guy. I like that about him. Coach of the year, sir. Who's your guy? Coach, I, don't, I can't say Chris Finch. 
Um, Why can't you say Chris Finch? He actually put, started to put it together, and these guys had to buy into something. It didn't happen by accident. That's true. <laughs> Why can't you say Chris Finch? I'm just asking. Is it is it a, a Toronto Raptors thing? It's a little. It's a little like you know you left the family. You left the family. I want good things to happen for everybody. What's his name over in Milwaukee? I, I, I yeah. They're, oh they're, yeah, they're, yeah. Um, John Horst. No, no, no. No, they're the coach. Oh, Adrian Griffin. Griffin. AJ Griffin, too. Like, I want good things to happen for them, but you can't vote for him. It's hard. It's hard. Mm. I, I I do want good things for them. I should say that. You know, I I I have to kind of like look inwards. This is see, and this is the beauty of this show. You know, you talk about things, you 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 you, you, you see it up. out there, and you go, right. you know what? The math. If I actually, if I did, you, I missed to carry the one. I didn't carry the one. And if I carry the one, which is compassion, I have to go. Yeah, Chris Finch. Okay. Well, my coach of the year is Jamal Mosley in the Eastern Conference for the Orlando Magic. Yeah. Would have ever thought the Orlando Magic would be in the top tier of the Eastern Conference? I, this guy did. Yeah. All you have to do is watch our preseason awards show that I did with Ryan Antonio Henry. And I was like, I have to choose between Indiana and Orlando. Rick Carlisle. And I'm choosing Orlando because they have two of the best young wings in the league and Franz Wagner and Pablo Banquero. <laughs> I you know that, that that Euro basketball really you know it, it but, some players hit the ground running some players I'm gonna take I'm gonna take running. them out of the equation the thing that changed everything about them because they say defense travels and, and you know defense wins championships or at least gets you competitive in this league Jalen Suggs buying to his role he was the guy everybody thought the Raptors should have taken instead of Scotty Barnes but Jalen Suggs is bought into his role as the irritant as the defender. He's the Dylan Brooks light with none of the drama. So he's low-calorie Dylan Brooks. And his energy gives Jonathan Isaac energy. When Wendell Carter Jr. comes back, you're going to have somebody in the middle. Gogo Bazazi yeah. has done his job coming from Indiana and filling in for Carter. I like what they have. And then their bench guys, Cole Anthony. You got the former number one pick, Markel Fultz, coming off the bench. Terrence Ross, who just retired. Shouts out to Terrence Ross. But Gary Harris, one of the best three-point shooters in the league. They have a squad. They're starting to put it together. Yeah. Jamal Mosley, my coach of the year so far. No, uh, it's it's uh, it's it's good basketball out in Orlando. It's you know? fun. I like watching it. Yeah, it's yeah, just good, like good to watch. Just boom, 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 move, 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 inbound push. I love that. That's the Speaking type of inbounds and push. Most improved player. I think we're going to have the same person. Yeah. <laughs> you know, I, I'm. You know, I'm from Toronto. So I have to gotta give it to Scotty Scotch Barnes. Uh, what? <laughs> Although I can't knock it because I thought he was gonna make his leap last year. He did. Yeah. But this is the year I, it's, I can't knock it. Okay. And, and you know, I it's that's my 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 tuning fork, my mantra, my calming down after every loss that I see in the column. I go, what is this year about? It's about pushing Scotty to the next level. And every time I see that, I'm like, did Scotty have a good game? Scotty had a good game. All right. Then 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 it all was not for not. All right. Even right. though we lost by 30, Scotty Barnes was still doing a little bit of everything. And then if his shot wasn't working, he found fi- different ways to kind of get himself involved, whether it's the defensive end or offensive end. He is his his imprint and his signature is on this, on this, on this entire game. And I've been seeing that a lot, even though the real re- the real answer is Tyrese Halliburton, but it's, it's Scotty Barnes in my books. I mean, the real answer is Tyrese Halliburton, but no disrespect. And anytime you say no disrespect, it's about to be disrespect. You know that. <laughs> to Jalen Brunson. Yeah. 
and to Tyrese Maxey. Like I said, the two Tyrese backcourt. I mean, you're flipping a coin right now with the two Tyrese backcourt. Yeah. I think a lot of most improved player will go into the point differential, but also what they do overall. Tyrese Maxey's or Tyrese Halbert's already been an all-star. So it's kind of a disrespect to his game to me in a way to say he's most improved as an all-star already. Yeah. So I would go with Tyrese Maxey right now, but I wouldn't be afraid to say that Jalen Brunson, who's also going to be in the all-star game this year, probably as a coach's Being a be, Mavericks fan, that must uh, be tough. It hurts, but Luke Lamar is doing the job. And let's not knock Kyrie Andrew Irving. Yeah. I mean, he's doing his job and he's inspired the guy who's probably going to end up being the sixth man of the year, sir. Segways much like tricks are for kids. Six man of the year, sir. Six man of the year. I'm trying to think here. I'm going to tell you the three leading scorers off the bench right now in the league. Please. So Austin Reeves at number three. And number two, Bogdan, Bogdan, Bogdanovich <laughs> down there in Atlanta. And at number one, Tim Hardaway Jr. Mm. Shouts out to Norman Powell, who's, I think, number four on that list. Ooh, I was watching Norman Powell the other night. Oh, man. Just excellent basketball. Just just down the crunch, knows exactly what to do and where to be. I'm just like, look at this. Imagine this. Championship pedigree. Just exactly. Put respect on my man's name. That man, he he won a championship. He knows exactly what it takes to do that. And he's out there every night for that team going for like 7 for 10, giving you sneaky 15, but all right. 11 in the fourth quarter when like when all the old guys are going, how many more minutes we got left? <laughs> Oh yeah, yeah. Go out there, Norman. Storming Norman, and he goes. Is out that there your guy? This break. I like. You know, I gotta go. I gotta go, Norman Powell. I really do. I, like I really do watch. Like I just, you know, I end up watching a lot of Clipper games and right. just seeing him just out there on that second unit, just like. I, and, and you know, I like six man award because I I like to do, I like to do that. That was kind of fun for me. I started a bunch of games, but sometimes I would like to just come off the bench. That 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 energy. I love mm-hmm. to do that because I analyze who's 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 doing what and what's happening. And they go, oh, this guy's coming off the bench. That's obviously right. a scrub. I'm like, no, I'm actually, you know, we're 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 double on the point guard, so that's fine. Like I'm I should be in there, but like I'll, you know, you'll two get your time, time. Two times six man of the year, Ricky Pierce, Rice alum with me as well. Came off the bench with Seattle, won six man of the year. He led them in scoring coming off the bench. They had Gary Payton and Sean Kemp on that squad. Detlef Shrimp on that squad, he led them in scoring coming off the bench, 20-plus points a night. Yeah. Just you know. doesn't matter how – look. It's who finishes. Just like who we finishes on this podcast. is not how you start. It's how you finish. Exactly. It's strong. <laughs> you know what I mean? At yeah. the end of the third quarter, I'd always do that on the podcast. So, you know, I like yeah. your pick. And I'm going to go with Hardaway. Hardaway Jr. was a guy who wanted to start in New York. But when he got down there, he, a lot of injuries and everything else – I think he shines a little bit more even when Kyrie's out of the lineup. But I think now he sees Lucas starting to trust these guys a little bit more mm-hmm. and that someone needs to step up. And Tim Hardaway, in order for him to stay in Dallas, is doing what he needs to do. I think um, Christian Wood took away from some of his minutes last year, some injuries and stuff. But he's a six-man of the year to me right now in the league, although I like Norman Powell as a pick. He's a guy when he was drafted by the Raptors. And I have documentation of this on NBA TV Canada. Everyone was talking about the first round pick. You remember who it was? First round pick. Was that 2000 and what year is that? I can't remember the year, but what's my man's? His brother is, is Dorel Wright. It starts with a D. He plays in Washington now. His last name is Wright. D. Oh, uh, Dellen. No, no, he played for the Raptors. Dellen Wright. 
No, it's DeLon, DeLon Wright. DeLon, DeLon Wright. Wright. Yeah, DeLon, DeLon Wright. Wright. Yeah. Right? So DeLon Wright was the first round pick. And I said to everybody, I'm more excited about the poor man's Russell Westbrook coming mm-hmm. out of UCLA, UCLA yeah. and Norman Powell, the number 46 pick in the draft that year. And you see the, the results. I have an eye for talent, sir. Yeah. Just keep that in mind. But I'm going with Tim Hardaway Jr., uh, sixth man of the year, defensive player of the year. Defensive player. <laughs> Gotta give it to your boy. Who? Booty Gobert. I want to give it to the Rooks. Mm, mm. But I don't, it's hard. It's hard to give it to, to the Rooks just yet. They're going to have their battles for that. It's going to be theirs. It's quite apparent. When I see mm. five, nine blocks on the stat sheet, and wow. and the things are not even showing up on the stat sheet, the guy going, I'm going to go for a layup. Actually, you know what? I'm not. I'm actually not going to. Right. Because I, I saw one step over from one side of the you know the free throw to the other, and it's there. there is, uh, yeah, there's a new sheriff in town, new deputies. Yeah. Well, so. the best defense in the league right now, the Minnesota Timberwolves anchored by Booty go bear. So <laughs> I'm not mad at that pick. I'm going with Anthony Marshawn Davis Jr., who is leading the league in block shots and leading the league in rebounding as well. Also, also, big shout out once again. I don't want to be a homer again, but OG Ananobi, your fa- your favorite comes into my city. Guess what? You're not coming out there with a nice, <laughs> a nice shooting record. You're shooting tour dates. You're shooting hey. tour dates on my boy. Hey, no doubt, right? <laughs> two tour dates. Just two. <laughs> two for 28. <laughs> two for 21. That's my favorite. Right. That uh, and, and, you know, I got to give shots out, like you said, to Chet Holmgren. You know, the nine blocks in the other game was the first time that's happened since Alonzo Mourning did it in 1993. We had like 17 points, 11 rebounds, and nine blocks. That's crazy. As, as a rookie, yeah. again, the block he got on Aaron Gordon was nasty. Yeah, Gordon Ooh. beat him off the dribble. He got it at the rim behind him and didn't touch him. Like, come on, man. Yeah. That's tough. It's going to be tough scoring in the Western Conference for a long time with those guys in the middle like that. Yeah. But uh, I'm going with uh, Anthony Davis. And last but not least, sir, the most valuable player of the National Basketball Association for the first trimester here on the open run with Will Strickland. Who do you pick? You know what? I said the best team, even though they're not in the number one. I had to give it to uh, Nikola Jokic. Okay. I think um, that is the most important team in the NBA. I think it's going to be the one that we should be watching on as far as the gold standard. They're playing the best basketball, even though sometimes it's, it's you know, people, uh, I've been watching a lot of them and been writing down exactly how they've been doing it, but they seem to be into the best position and led by the best player that is, optimizing everything on the court you having a coach on the court at all times and the way you get everyone involved and you're seeing how like if he is off the team is off so he mm-hmm. really needs to kind of be there he is that glue that kind of makes them uh play well and uh so jamal murray say, mad jamal mad yeah, at you right now jamal murray's mad at you right now i'm just gonna say jamal murray was missing for a bit and guess what the team was winning the right. team was I'm winning just saying, jamal murray's mad at you yeah you know you know so uh, not the first time something from Kitchener Waterloo was mad at me. So, <laughs> <laughs> Well, I'm going with the guy who, like I said, is having, having a better year than he did in his MVP season, the reigning and defending MVP. Although, again, it could have been Luke. It could have been Tatum. I mean, there's considerations for me, even you know the record doesn't necessarily reflect it in the hashtag he shan't be named because of what they did with the IST. And this is what comes with the responsibility of being the face of the league. He knew at his advanced age, 
this thing, in order for the league to, to make this thing work, in order for it to be successful, you had to employ the bubble mentality with a team and say, hey, we're in all of this all the way in. And they won it. And that's a, like a way out MVP conversation. But, you know, Tatum, Luka, Jokic, of course, Giannis. Yeah. The usual characters, the usual suspects from the past couple of years, if you look at the MVPs of the past five seasons, they've been all forum players. Joel Embiid is not from France somewhere. He's from Cameroon. But you look at that, and it's hard to knock those guys off the perch right now. I thought about saying Luka. Yeah. But I got to go with Embiid. But we know that the real MVP here is the Alan Shane Lewis. <laughs> Let the people know where they can find you on these rough interweb streets, sir. Oh, yeah. You can find me all over the place at uh, the Alan Shane on Twitter, Alan Shane on Instagram, uh, Shoeless Lewis on Twitch and uh, TikTok. <laughs> I'm there, kids. I'm doing all, you know, uh, comedy stuff there and uh, video games and just talking about basketball, too, as well. Uh, also, look out. Uh, I have a segment. Uh, I don't know if this is going to be 100 percent, but it's going to be really cool. Uh, it's going to be with 22 minutes where I get to kind of come to Raptors stuff. So uh, look out for my socials if you want to be uh, be part of something uh, coming up in the future. It's a beautiful thing, man. I appreciate your time and consideration. And we're definitely going to talk soon. And happy Merry Christmas, Hanukkah, Kwanzaa, Festivus, Diwali, Eid for you and yours as well. Now you have oh. to say it. God bless you. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. My man. Appreciate you. Take care. It is now winning time on the open run with Will Strickland. I want to thank my man, Alan Shane Lewis, for coming through. The Alan Shane Lewis. Like Slim Charles used to say, when he was trying to go get Clay Davis. The Stringer Bell wanted to get Clay Davis like that. You know anything about the wire, he wouldn't be playing them away games. But anyway, I thank him for coming through. Spreading love, it is a Strickland way, especially in the holiday season. And with that being said, it is now time for the news, views, and truths that you choose on the NBA and beyond. Rest in power shouts out to my man, Eric Montrose, who passed away at 52. The former North Carolina star and veteran NBA center passed due to cancer. Condolences to his loved ones, especially in a season. It's tough, I'm sure. Tough to, to face death at any time, I'm sure. But in particular right now, and also shout out to the great ABA and NBA star, George McGinnis who is a legend in Indiana. I'm sure they're going to do a great tribute to him during All-Star Weekend in Indianapolis this February. He passed on to 73. He had been dealing with some health issues the past couple of years, so rest in power to Big George, who had a very unique game. You can see a lot of Oscar Robertson pattern in his game, but he was a power. When they say power forward, he's one of those guys. Get well soon to the artist formerly known as Ferdinand Lewis Alcindor Jr. Yes, the captain, Kareem Abdul-Jabbar fell and broke his hip, as a matter of fact, at a concert recently. And I'm wondering what concert he went to where he broke his hip. Was he dancing? Did he trip? Something happened? And someone whose name rhymes with Will Strickland made a very bad joke about the irony of Kareem breaking his hip at a concert for the tragically hip. But up, up. Try the veal. I'll be here all week. Grand opening, grand closing for Bradley Beal. 
24 minutes in total played as a member of the big three with Kevin Wayne Durant and Devin Armani Booker before he twisted his ankle in the game against the Knicks recently. Falling down on Dante DiVincenzo's foot. Closeout illegally. It was a bad closeout by Dante DiVincenzo. The big ragu. The Michael Jordan of Delaware. Will we ever get to see these guys gel? As a third of the season has already passed, they've only played 24 total minutes together. We don't know how they're going to look, but hopefully you're also getting well soon. Bradley Beal. As things evolve and change in Golden State, Andrew Christian Wiggins was benched for Jonathan Kaminga. Of course, that benching and some of the whispers about the Warriors being over were healed by playing against the Portland Trailblazers just recently where both Wiggins and Clay Alexander Thompson had stellar games to show, hey, we're not washed just yet. Game ball gate went on this past week as Giannis Antetokounmpo went nuts after he scored 64 points. And you think that was where he went nuts. But the actual drama about the ball going to a rookie, Oscar Shibwe, for the Indiana Pacers. And of course, they had bad blood with the Pacers because of what they did to them at the end season tournament and how they were acting in the court. They beat them. They can act how they want to. Even Dame's comments post-game showed you that they were thinking about Indiana. Be humble. Because you never know what's going to happen to you. They came out with an anger. Of course, Giannis is dropping numbers on them regardless. But the 64 points, he won the game ball. It's a new franchise record. New career high for Giannis. And allegedly, the Indiana Pacers gave the game ball to Oscar Chibwe. who's a rookie. scored his first official NBA point. He scored a point at the end season tournament. Didn't count. This was his first NBA point. And it wasn't like the Indiana Pacers hadn't done this before. They did for a rookie by the name of Dwayne Washington a couple of years ago. When he scored his first point, they gave him the game ball. They didn't see anything wrong with this. Giannis turned it into a telenovela, even having his brother Thanasis act like he wanted to come out in the court and do something. Come on, dog. Jake Carter was barely holding you. Relax. Two game balls. Giannis got one. He goes, I know how it felt. There's a lot of ball feeling and knowing how the balls feel, champ. I don't know. There's a lot of drama for no reason. At any rate... It must have been some drama enough to make the Pacers think twice because in the middle of the night, they went out and re-signed James Johnson. And if you know who James Johnson is, no one wants that smoke and you can guarantee nobody's going to rush that locker room. Not even Thanasis. Who'll get his Thanasis kicked if he goes over there and messes with this black belt and James Johnson. Milestones achieved this week. The chef, Wardell Stephen Curry II, eclipsing 3,500 three-pointers made in his career. The first ballot Hall of Famer is the first person to even eclipse 3,000. So every time he makes one, he's setting a new record. But in the same breath, in the same week, his consecutive game streak of making at least one three-pointer in a game was snapped against the Portland Trailblazers of all people when he went 0 for 8 from deep and broke that streak at 268 games. Amazing. Shouts out to Clay Alexander Thompson eclipsing Jason Terry, the Jet, and becoming ninth on the three-point shot made list. He could surpass a couple of others in front of him, Bonafide Hall of Famers, and Vincent Lamar Carter, and the hashtag, he who shan't be named, by season's end. So shouts out to Clay, and shouts out to Keegan Murray, my guy who I picked as a dark horse rookie of the year candidate, is a laser and a really, really good player. Had 47 points the other night including a record 11 straight three-pointers made in a row. He was 12, 12 for 15 in total. 
making him the seventh person to ever eclipse 12 three-pointers made in an NBA game. Of course, Clay and Steph are on that list, as well as Danielle Marshall, who'd have thunk it. But shout out to you, Keegan Murray. Since I was talking about Giannis earlier, I should have shouted out the fact that he's now the all-time leader in rebounds in Bucks history, and he's one of four players to lead his franchise in points, rebounds, and assists. St. Michael Jeffrey of Wilmington with Chicago. The hashtag, Hugh Shan't Be Named, with Cleveland, and Kevin Maurice Garnett with the Minnesota Timberwolves. So, shout out to Giannis for his achievement. The game of the week this week, I had so many to pick from. I watched so much basketball this week, but of course, I really want to point at the team on the rise versus the team making sure that they can defend their title. In the Denver Nuggets versus the OKC Thunder, it was a game with no Contavious Caldwell-Pope, who was in concussion protocol, but still as close to full strength as both teams will be. At the end of the game, we're like, okay, they're down eight. They're not going to win this with like a minute and a half, two minutes left. But somehow, some way, the Thunder came back. Shea Gildas-Alexander was cooking down the stretch, and Chet Holmgren recorded a line in the game. 17 points, 11 rebounds, 9 blocked shots. 9! We haven't seen that since Alonzo Mourning did that in 1993. You almost had a triple-double in blocks. It's a very rare thing, and it's even more rare for a rookie to do so. At least it's the best second-year, first-year player in the league. And Chet Holmgren, who's definitely at the top of the charts on the rookie watch in the NBA this week. Shouts out to Wimby. Shouts out to Jaime Jaquez Jr. And Derek Lively down there in Dallas. The Power 10 this week at number one, the Boston Celtics. The number one record in the league. Number one home record, 14-0. and 0. They're just getting better. They're getting healthy. And they're starting to learn how to play together. 20-5. and 5. It's not a joke. At number two, T-Wolves, who slipped from number one last week. And Anthony Edwards, who's facing a lot of heat from a statement he made about a woman in an abortion online. I don't know, man. I don't know. But, hey, you got to do what you got to do. It's your life. And that this is even part of a basketball show. It's a social media world in which we inhabit. At number two, the T-Wolves of Minnesota. At number three, the Milwaukee Bucks. At number four, with the reigning defending MVP playing at an even higher level, as I said earlier with Allen. The Sixers, Joel Embiid, Tyrese Maxey, do they make a move? Now that teams are open for trades, does Tobias Harris or someone else move for Zach Levine? I don't think so. I think they should stand pat, but we'll find out. At number four, the Philadelphia 76ers. At number five, the OKC Thunder. Big win over the Nuggets, who are number six, right behind them. At number seven, the Dallas Mavericks. Luke Lamar playing at a different level this year. And with help from the great Dante Exum, I did not stutter, and Tim Hardaway Jr., they're not missing Kyrie Andrew Irving as much as I thought they would. At number seven, you Dallas Mavericks. At number eight, with some slippage in their game, just a little bit. Growing pains for a young team, the Orlando Magic. At number nine, the Sacramento Kings. Talk about Keegan Murray's big game. No De'Aaron Fox in the game. He's suffering from injury. And at number 10, welcome to the party. The Clippers go on clip. Kawhi Leonard playing at the MVP pace for the past six games as they hold the longest losing strike in the league right now at seven games. I know that the Sixers are at six games and the Bucks at four, but right now the longest losing strike in the league belongs in L.A., and it belongs to the L.A. Clippers. Also, as we talk about milestones, James Edward Harden Jr., the 24th player to score 25,000 points in the NBA, did so in a very impressive game where you saw the Clippers look like what most people envisioned a team with four Hall of Famers on their roster. 
28 points, 7 rebounds, 15 assists to eclipse 25,000. And he could pass before the end of the season. The great Jerry West, the great Reggie Miller, the great Alex English, and, of course, Vincent Lamar Carter. So salute, James Harden. Before we get out of here, I just really want to say to each person who helped me celebrate our third podcast birthday, which was December 15th. We started in 2020 with a hope that we could bring something which is not being given on these rough interweb streets. And I could be biased and say, yeah, I know we do. With that being said, in the spirit of the holidays, even though I don't necessarily celebrate them, I'm going to say a happy Merry Christmas, Mahana Kwanzaa Festivus, Diwali Eid to each and every one of you. And we will see you in 2024. So until then, rich kid, my mellow, my man, do what you do when you do it, sir. One last time in 2023, easy.